We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Kind of a cloudy day, breezy. You may have a shower or so in the next hour or two. And it's supposed to eventually clear up a bit. 61 the high for the rest of the day, 53 the low. Tomorrow, beautiful. A lot of sun, a high of 66. Phillies should be able to get their game in tonight. They're home against the Pirates at 640. Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies. If they win tonight, they clinch a wildcard playoff spot. They could also clinch a spot if the Cubs or Marlins happen to lose tonight as well. Flyers lost 6-0. 6 nothing six, uh, six to the uh, Jersey Devils last night in preseason hockey. And our voice at the Martyrs Partnership, we're at 75 folks who have helped out. We're stuck, actually, for 24 hours, just telling you, we haven't had someone call or go online, and we only have a few days left in our partnership. We need to get to 120 listeners by the end of the month. So I'm sure we can get there, but I don't want to be presumptuous. We appreciate your prayers for our endeavor. A single Bible for $6 is what we're asking you'd be willing to do. Uh, as much as you, you can send more Bibles if you want, but we're just asking one Bible for $6 to help raise awareness for the work that the Voice of the Martyrs is doing with our brothers and sisters around the world. To help, it's 800 998 3535, 800, I'm sorry, 3505, 800 998 3505, or at WFIL.com. Last night, of course, off our little uh, sports report, Eagles 25-11 over Tampa Bay. And I'm thinking there's no better person to talk with today than Rob Motti, longtime friend of the show and AP senior football writer, formerly in Philadelphia for many years, covering the team, and now in Tampa Bay for a couple of years. Hey, Rob. Hey, Timmy. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. It's great to hear your voice. I was thinking of you last night. So Rob's got both of his worlds coming together. All the years you grew up here, cover the team, and then... In Tampa Bay, for how many years has it been? You covered Tom Brady for a while, and is it this your third year or fourth year? What is it now? Yeah, I'm going into my third year here, living right outside of Tampa Bay. I've been at about 20-something Buccaneers games, and some of the Philly media friends call it the Rob Motti Bowl. <laughs> That's and, good. Uh, this one was won by the Eagles. The first time they met was a playoff game a couple of years ago, uh, and that was the, the Buccaneers. Tom Brady's last playoff win, actually was over the Eagles, so uh, I'm sure they'll see each other again. No, I don't think in the playoffs. I don't anticipate the Buccaneers making it this year. What did you think of last night? What was your take? Uh, it went exactly as expected is in that the Eagles won, won convincingly and weren't really threatened in the second half. Uh, I wasn't a big believer in the Buccaneers coming into the game as a 2-0 team. Uh, I, I think that they, they still got a long way to go. They don't have any kind of semblance of a running game and Baker Mayfield at, at times has played well and at times showed why he's on his fourth team in the past three years the Eagles are superior they're a talented football team that came close to winning the Super Bowl last year and they, they kind of imposed their will to me just to see the way that game ended 
The Eagles get the ball after the Buccaneers score to pull within two touchdowns. It's 9:22 left the game. Everybody in the building knows that the Eagles are going to run the football, chew up as much clock as possible, and they did, and they kept doing it, and they ran off the final nine minutes and 22 seconds of the game. The Buccaneers could do nothing to stop them. Uh, and, and that was just the Eagles' offensive line dominating in that in that moment, and it, it was impressive to see. Uh, I still think that the Eagles haven't played a complete game from start to finish as far as offense and defense and special teams. Um, so to be three and zero at this point and haven't played your best football with a schedule that's favorable coming up over the next few weeks, I think are all good signs and, and good things for the Eagles. Chat with Rob Motti on the Tim DeMoss Show today at WFIL Philadelphia. Rob and I have known each other for many years. He's uh, covered the Eagles and covered the Eagles and Phillies and all the Philly sports for a couple decades. And then the last few years has been in Tampa and covering the, the teams down there. Uh, I was impressed also with Jalen Hurts. I just, I'm, you know, I'm watching with my wife, Tina, and our daughters, Tori and Theodora. And we're talking, and I was explaining, like you just said, how, why do you run the ball? Or if you catch the ball inbounds, you can run the clock out. The Eagles have enough of a lead. They're just trying to get the game over, things like that. And uh, But I'm watching Jalen Hurts, and he, people can talk about him all day long with good reason. At one point, there, there were actually two points in the game. One is where he throws the, t- the touchdown pass to... Uh, to uh, I forgot his name. Alamedi Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, like in the middle of five Tampa Bay players, right before he's about to get crushed, and then later in the game he throws another pass where he's about to get clobbered from the front and the back. And you know you've been around the players enough to know that's a, that's I guess an acquired skill. You have to be fearless, even though you know you're about to take a major hit. If it's me, I'm like caving to the ground. Like just touch me with two hands. I'm down. <laughs> so. <laughs> We've seen quarterbacks do that too, Timmy. That's uh, we've true. Seen, we've seen quarterbacks who want to survive in the NFL for many years who know that, hey, when that rush is coming, sometimes live to play another down, live to play another series. I think Tom Brady perfected the art of knowing how to take a hit and continue going. Uh, I think, Jalen, you got to admire his competitive spirit and the fire that he brings and, and his desire and willingness to endure those hits and to play. But his style at times uh, could be reckless when he's running. And uh, it was nice to see him yesterday sliding and not taking on tacklers and not fighting for that extra yard because uh, you, you need him for the long haul. He's a 50-plus million-dollar quarterback now who's got a long-term deal, and the Eagles' future is dependent upon him staying upright and staying healthy. So while those plays uh, are impressive and admirable, Sometimes you also got to know when to uh, throw the ball quickly out of bounds, go down, take a hit, whatever it is you may do. He he was playing last night. With, uh, they said he had the flu, flu-like symptoms, and, and afterwards he certainly sounded like it. I, I kind of have that right now too myself, so I, I know what he what he feels like. But I didn't have to endure uh, six hundred pounds crashing into me from two guys at, at one point. Yeah, it, it's it's rather impressive. And to your point, you do need to be smart, but you also have to play the game, and part of the game is take hits and uh, it, it's really something to see how skillful and how it's like split seconds are involved in you know you still deliver the pass and then you know you're about to go down uh, what do you know about DeAndre Swift 16 carries 130 yards one leapfrog defender <laughs> you actually had him on the AP podcast that you do I believe who was that DeAndre Swift oh yeah DeAndre was uh, and he's been tremendous to me just just kind of like the first week of the season, we didn't even see him out there. I forget if he had one or two carries, if that at all. 
and then out of the out of nowhere, uh, DeAndre uh, gets 175 yards on 28 carries in that Thursday night game against Minnesota. Last night, he gets another 130, and he seems to have settled in nicely into being the Eagles' number one back. At one point last night, he's breaking off big chunks of yards, and I'm like, this team can run for 300 yards if they want to, if they can just keep feeding DeAndre Swift the ball, and then they went away for it. As soon as I said that, it was like, Pass, pass, incompletion, pass, whatever is happening. Then Kenny Gainwell comes in and he loses a yard or he gets two yards. I'm like, just give it back to DeAndre Swift. And he seems to have that kind of that energy, that spark, that burst. Uh, I, I, I think the concern with him, and that's kind of why he became available, is that he's been injured and he hasn't been available to play 16 games, 17 games, whatever uh, the schedule dictates now. But uh, so far, he's he's made it through three. He looks good. He looks great. Local kid comes home. And, yeah, I did have him on the AP podcast. And, uh, and, and it, was, it was cool to, to talk to, to him about just coming back to Philly, what that meant to him growing up in the area, going to St. Joe's Prep High School, and uh, what it was going to be like running out in, onto that field. And his first game was that like a, a phenomenal performance, a career best against the Vikings. And uh, I think the Eagles, with this offensive line, they can continue to do that week in and week out. They can run the ball. They can dominate on the ground. And you don't have to always win with the pretty passing numbers. And uh, people will complain because it's Philly. And they complained after the Vikings game when they had 34 points. And I saw people alluding to this last night. Well, Jalen Hurts doesn't look right. He threw two interceptions. Yeah, that's fine. you got time to work on that. New offensive system. Uh, well, new offensive coordinator, not a new system. Yeah. Same system, new coordinator. I, I think they can work out some of those kinks and while they're doing that do what you do best that's run the football and, and dominate teams uh that way and deandre swift certainly looks like uh, a guy who's answered all of the questions about how will the eagles replace miles sanders they certainly did it, did it well yeah number zero for those who are keeping a score at home and uh, you know popping up on people's radars i guess he was with detroit for a few years and now just the last few games all of a sudden that people doing fantasy football are scrambling to get DeAndre Swift on their team. Uh, you know, you do the AP podcast. And again, if you're just tuning in, we chat with Rob Motti, Associated Press senior football writer, uh, was in the Philadelphia market for a couple of decades and has been in Tampa Bay the last few years. Just to want to, I don't want to respect your time because you're up late last night and I'm sure you have more stuff to do. But the AP podcast for fo- you know, football fans strictly just want to watch. You had, you know, Eli Manning on, Jimmy Johnson of the Cowboys, uh, Tua Tagovailoa uh, of the, of the uh, recently super hot Dolphins. And yeah. some of those folks appear on your Faith on the Field show, too. So just let folks know about how those two, I guess sometimes they overlap. Uh, you know, yeah. you probably want to do both shows, but uh, at the same time, sometimes strictly football, too. Yeah, for sure. And the AP Pro Football Podcast is really cool opportunity to talk to guys about football. And of course, and, and I've had who's who guest Timmy uh, of guests uh, over the years. And uh, oftentimes, like you said, sometimes if it's a Christian brother, uh, I'll put him on the Faith on the Field show, which is syndicated on about uh, it's been up to 15 markets across the country. I, I think we're a little bit fewer right now, but it continues to grow. And people could always check that out just by going to Faith on the Field show. Dot com and they can catch the podcast version of the radio episode. That's great. Rob, also just professionally speaking, the AP, people have heard those letters many times. They may not be under, understanding the depth of which the work that, you know, like the, you're working for the Associated Press last night, Eagles Tampa Bay, even though you're based in Tampa Bay, it's a home game in a, in a way. But your your work goes everywhere. When, you done, when you're done, you done your your stories for the night. 
just so people understand, if they if they were to search your name, they could find you in St. Louis or in Singapore or in Denver or wherever, right? I mean, your work is picked yeah. up all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. And, and last night I decided to, uh, since I'm not covering games now, I'm just doing columns and sides and, and things like that, the bigger, fluffier picture and, and covering the whole league and everything else. Uh, Timmy, I thought it would be uh, cool to write about the tush push. The <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. that yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, and and and, and uh, I, I I thought that it was going to get a lot of attention, but it certainly has. Uh, and I'm getting uh, people reaching out to me. Hey, I saw this uh, in, in a different. It was on this website, or it was on that website, or uh, it's in this paper, it's in that paper. So I mean, I we we I didn't know if I can work the the, the words tush push into the headline. <laughs> right. I tried it, and the editors let it go. So I think that's driving the attention to it. But it's a play that's been unstoppable for the Eagles. Nobody seems to have figured this out. Other teams have tried it, and they don't have the same level of success as, as Philly does with Hurts and, uh, and that offensive line and the guys behind him just pushing him from behind to get that little one yard. So as long as it works and it's legal, which it is in the NFL, they didn't ban it yet. They didn't prohibit it. As long as they can continue to do it, and they certainly will for this season, uh, it works to their advantage in short yard situations. So rather than ask you more about it here, people want to find out your thoughts. Rob Motti, M-A-A-D-D-I. If you Google Rob Motti, Tush push, you'll find what he has to say (laughs) about all that. Because to your point, no one's been able to stop it by far. It reminded me of the softball team you and I played on, the Kings. Now, we happened to win our championships before you got there. I heard all this, you know, Rob Motti plays in five softball leagues. He he was a great player. But, you, you know, you know, we didn't win after you joined the team. What was up with that? I mean, yeah, we I was a, I was a Rod. I, I showed up and I couldn't I couldn't win anything. Like I was the kiss of the. Actually, he ended up winning with the 2009 Yankees, and, and he beat the Phillies in the World Series. And I still didn't get my ring with the Kings. I, I might have to come. I, I don't know. Are you guys still playing? We like, do I, still I mean, have a team. I'm not managing anymore, but we have we have a team. So maybe you come out of retirement, wow. score score one. But the biggest thing that did happen. Well, and the reason I say that is because there was one year we we really dominated, hit a lot of home runs, and we, our park was smaller than regulation in left field, and uh, some people got upset about it. I did the math going into the manager's meeting at the end of the season, and I said, look, of all the playoff teams in our league, the, the, the teams at home, to take all our playoff teams, they averaged winning at home by four to seven runs a game, and we were within that range on the high end, but we were within the range. It felt like we were way above, like you hit five or six home runs in a game sometimes. Not often, but a couple times, and that's the image. So people are like, you can't play at that field anymore. So we had to find another field. <laughs> you know, I, I can see that happening because, like you said, other teams are trying that tush push in to get that yard, and if they're not succeeding like the Eagles. And the, the jealousy factor may arise or something. I don't know what uh, before long to, to shut it down, but we'll see. But the most important thing of that time, on you, you being on the King softball team, really, we can close on this, is your, your walk with the Lord came out of that. And that's by far more important than any championship we could have won. Yeah, Timmy, absolutely. And it was just through some of those Bible studies and through some of the one-on-one conversations I had with you and how instrumental you were in in, the, in playing the, a role of, of helping me, you know, planting those seeds and helping me eventually uh, give my life over to Christ. I had a good, strong faith background and a foundation. Uh, I knew who, I tell people all the time, I was a fan of Jesus. I knew who he was, but I wasn't a follower. And, and you played a big role in helping me 
become a follower and eventually becoming a disciple of the Lord. So uh, I will always, always appreciate that. And I don't know if sometimes your ears ring, but I'd be speaking somewhere and I just drop that, uh, uh, drop that note out there and say, my friend sent me to Moss and one time we did this and I'll just, uh, you know, first person to ever mention to me Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that you were saved by grace, not by work. So I really appreciated that about you. Amen. Will I ever, forever be indebted. Glory to God, and you do still speak, right? You're out there. If people want to have you come speak at an event or men's breakfast or something like that, do you sometimes do those still? Yeah, absolutely, Timmy. And I do come up to uh, Philly, South Jersey. I've done it a lot. I'm actually tomorrow, um, uh, hopefully my, my voice and my flu and everything else goes away because I'm scheduled to speak uh, at a Jersey Mike's convention right outside of Tampa. So I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, putting together my keynote for, for that event. So uh, really excited for that. But yeah, a- absolutely love to do it. Love to come up and, and see folks. And uh, I've got some events coming up. There's a Nick Sirianni event coming uh, nearby in, in the area. So it's going to be a conversation Nick and I have on, on faith and football. So that's really cool. And, and also another one with Brian Dawkins coming soon in November. That sounds great, folks. And look you up at Rob Motti. Again, uh, R-O-B-M-A-A-D-D-I on uh, Twitter, X, whatever, and uh, other places, and certainly <laughs> Faith on the Field Show.com. Last thing, I'm just thinking, Rob, is it, is it true you still have never had wings? You never had? Uh, oh, well, so I, I eat my – Reggie makes the best food, Timmy, and yes. she makes chicken wings in a way that's different. Like, I won't go order them anywhere. I don't like barbecue sauce, but whatever she does, however she makes it, I'll eat those, but that's the only one. The only the only way I'll eat it. Gronk uh, uh, was shocked and almost offended when I told him last year at the Super Bowl. He put a big plate of buffalo wings in front of me, and I was like, I'm good. I'm not going to eat those. <laughs> well, Tina, uh, Tina made some last night in our air fryer with barbecue sauce on it. Victoria and I were talking yesterday about the stuff we were going to maybe make to watch the game. And rather than spend, because it's gotten expensive to shop, at, you know, buy out and eat food out anymore. So, we, yeah, we took time and it was really, they were the, like, I'm the best, I think they were the best wings I ever had. So, uh, yeah. You know, kudos to Tina. I know she's taking care of you and that lovely family. Yeah. Greetings to Remy and your girls. And uh, we thank you for taking time today, brother. We're praying for you to have strength to do your event, too. Absolutely. God bless you, my Th- friend. Thank you. That's Rob Motti, Associated Press, senior football writer, checking in from Tampa. Covered the uh, Tampa Bay Eagles game last night. We have a quick break. We're going to take. We have more coming up in a moment. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. It's 424 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Uh, we have a quick little blurb here, and then we have one more little break, and then we have a special conversation coming up. Uh, contests. We want to make sure we congratulate winners because life goes pretty quick. All yes. of a sudden, contest is over. We're moving to the next one. Absolutely. So, as we were giving away, obviously, Recipes for a Sweet Child by Katie Trent, yes. talented author, we had five special winners. Okay. That include, in New Jersey, we have Jeffrey and Lyndon, Michael and Wyckoff. Uh, New Jersey. Okay. And then in Pennsylvania, James in Pottstown, Floor Rachel in Alden, PA, and Arnita in Drexel Hill. Congrats mm. to those people. Recipes for a sweet child. By the way, 
even when contests are over, we keep the info up on our contest page for a while, like another couple weeks or even a month. Yeah. You can see what has happened. So if you're like, oh, I meant to enter that contest. It's really sound like a good book, which it is, the Katie J. Trent one. You can go up and see and then go look for it yourself. You you know, buy it, but you, you, at least you know what it was. You can get all the information in front of you. And the interview, so, right? That's right. On our podcast the, the podcast. Page. That's right. Right on our homepage, we have podcasts. So feel free to do that. Uh, coming up. Uh, in, a, in, in the next few days, just a little billboard ahead, Jason Thomas Gordon, he's a lead singer of and, and drummer of a band called King Size, which is a rock band based in L.A. He did a book called The Singers Talk, The Greatest Singers of Our Time Discuss the One Thing They're Never Asked About, Their Voices. So he's going to talk, talk with all kinds of amazing artists, uh, and so we'll chat with him about that. We also have Jock... Uh, Bartley, he's the founder of the uh, and the guitarist for the band Firefall, which had a couple of big songs in the seventies. When I was growing up as a kid, just remember I love you. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, you are uh, you are the one I was. I was always dreaming. Oh, wait, no, yeah, I always dream. Yeah, that one. <laughs> you know from the start, right? And they had a bunch of others too. And Dr. Lori Santos has this podcast called The Happiness Lab, and she and Dr. Trulio, who's uh, with Sesame Workshop, and Grover. Like the Grover from Sesame Street. The Grover. They'll all be joining us in the next uh, little stretch of time here, like in the next week or two. Ah, cool. even, even this week. I think it's going to be before the end of the week. Those are just some of the folks on the horizon. All right. So keep that keep that in mind. Keep, uh, keep tuned. Uh, Matt Gutman, also another really cool guy. He's a reporter for ABC News for a lot of years. He has a book out called No Time to Panic, How I Curb My Anxiety and Conquered a Lifetime of Panic Attacks. He would be like with sharks and volcanoes, and that didn't phase him. But going live on TV for 45 seconds, he would have like lucky underwear he would wear. He would do push-ups and smoke cigarettes and all this stuff because he's feeling really panicked. And so he talks. we'll, we'll talk with him about that. But quick break, and then we're very excited to bring on board evangelist Rick Hughes from The Flatline, which is a program that airs on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer. And he has a really cool story, uh, and I'll just suffice it. I'll leave it there, and we will bring him on board here in just a moment. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on The Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, and we are glad to bring on board evangelist Rick Hughes from the Flotline Radio Program. How are you today, sir? Hey, Tim. Great to talk with you there in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's wonderful to make your acquaintance. Uh, you are on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM990, The Answer, Sunday mornings at 830 and I, I listened to one of the episodes that kind of introduced you, I think, to the audience, if you will, and listened to your testimony. Uh, but I thought it would be wonderful for you to have a chance to share with the WFIL audience a bit about who you are, you know, yeah. where, how the Lord got a hold of you, and, and kind of like the, the backstory to the program itself. Okay. Thank you very much. The Flotline radio show that we broadcast on your sister station the name FLOT, F-L-O-T, is a military acronym. It stands for the Forward Line of Troops, and uh, it's a military term. And what we teach is there are 10 unique problem-solving devices found in the Bible. And this is not something I developed. My pastor taught me this years ago. But uh, when you learn those 10 problem-solving devices, you're able to stop the outside source of adversity before it becomes the inside source of stress. And that's why we always say adversity is inevitable, but stress is optional. 
and uh, it's a unique way to teach the Word of God, and uh, we've had tremendous opportunity to do that. We've been teaching these things since, if you go on our website, you can go back and listen to shows as far back as 2008. I'm looking all back now. Uh, you know, on our uh, 2005 is when we actually started the show, 2005. Wow. wow. As far as that goes, though, before before any radio show, of course, there was you know you and your walk with the Lord, or not yet. So I'd love to hear how the Lord came into your life, and certainly eventually had brought you to do that radio program. Hey Tim, I, I did not grow up in a Christian home at all. I grew up in a broken home and lived in a federal housing project in the city of Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, the one big thing I had going for me is I was big, agile, mobile, and above all, hostile, as Coach Bear Bryant used to say. <laughs> but played football and got a football scholarship at the University of Alabama and played there in 1964-65. But unfortunately, I went down the My Way Highway. I don't know if you've ever been on that road or not, but uh, I left school in a frantic search for happiness and didn't go back my sophomore year. And it was three years later while I was in Panama City Beach that I got lonely and got frustrated, came home, had a date with a girl that I hadn't dated ever before, and she took me to church. I didn't get anything out of church. I was too weird, scared, you know, thinking about all the weirdos in there. But after church, I went to a Bible study in somebody's home, and it was there that a young man from South Africa spoke, and he uh, made sense, and I went up to speak to him, and he led me to Christ. I accepted Christ that night in that home. And wound up going back to college, uh, this time to a Bible college. Got involved with Youth for Christ organization in the Birmingham area. Wound up speaking in high school assemblies. And the first assembly I ever spoke in was 1969, Banks High School, with 1,800 students. And I gave my testimony, and and that was kind of what I did. But eventually, uh, we grew that, and uh, some people in Mississippi heard me speak in a school, and they asked me to go to every school in their state, which I did in a two-year period. I went to 430 high schools and spoke in two years. Wow. That was 1971, 72, 72, 73. And then we went over to Georgia and started speaking in every school in Georgia, endorsed by Governor Jimmy Carter. Remember him? Of course. Wow. Uh, About halfway through that, we changed our approach and we began to call it a spiritual emphasis week and so instead of going for three schools a day 15 schools a week we backed off to one school one week five days at that school and so that's what we've been doing for a long 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 time and uh, ever since those days so i think at the current time we've been in a little over five thousand assembly programs over the years and never charge any money never solicit any funds never take any offerings we just know if God did it, he'll pay for it. So we uh, came down with Parkinson's a few years ago. Not too bad yet, but still have the early stages of Parkinson's. But the shift from traveling changed to the radio. And so we already had a radio show in about 30 cities, not as many as 115 we have now. But when I got this Parkinson, we kind of quit traveling and shifted to the radio and to writing the different books that we've uh, processed and distributed. And uh, so now we are in 115 cities across America every Sunday morning, from Maine to California to Hawaii to Alaska to even a few of the islands. How's that? Wow. That's real. That's an amazing story. You're just tuning in. We're chatting with uh, Evangelist Rick Hughes with the Flotline, F-L-O-T, 
Flatline radio program on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, and you can catch that program Sunday mornings at 8.30, rickhughesministries.org, the website. My mind going in several directions based upon all the things you just shared. One of them, uh, I mentioned the website now, when I was on the site, very helpful, a lot of resources there, as you mentioned Uh, I think you mentioned that you don't charge for anything, and a lot of them are downloadable. You don't even have to order them and wait for them to come. You can actually just download them. Well, a lot of the books, they are downloadable in a PDF form. Yes, you can download them, or we can mail you the book free of charge. But we've had a tremendous opportunity writing different books. And uh, if you go on our website, you can see where it costs books. And if you go to books and DVDs. We're in the process of printing a new book just about to come out called God's Grace in Aging. Hmm. And a lot of listeners may be interested in that. God's Grace in Aging. And this this came about because I spoke in a church in Texas a couple of years ago. And I developed a study about what how, to, how does God deal with you as you get older? What, what can you expect? And so we put this book together called God's Grace in Aging. And, of course, we have a divine pardon book which we use in prisons. And we, uh, through a friend of mine who has a big prison ministry, we've distributed thousands of those books all across America called A Divine Pardon. And uh, we have another book called Practicing Your Christianity, which is a, you know an athletic metaphor. And then we have a book called Christian Problem Solving. And we have a book called Life's Toughest Years, written for teenagers. But if you go to the website, you can see all of this. And again, as you said, it's all free. We don't charge for anything. Yeah, I believe you referenced that in kind of the open, uh, the program, never any manipulation, uh, meaning you're not asking for money, not that a person can't, but you're trying to make it as clear as possible, like that. that's not why I'm here. You want to bring the gospel as straight as possible and just let, as you said, I love that. God will provide. That's very clear from how you, you present things on the site and in the program, too. I learned, that. I learned that from my pastor, not from most people. Most people told, told me when I went into ministry, I had to raise money. And I always felt awkward at asking people to give money or take offerings. And hmm. I was speaking to a church in Mississippi, and this pastor said, Brother, we're going to take a love offering for you, brother. And I said, No, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to take a love offering. I don't want to ask lost people to come to hear me speak and then charge them. I said, Well, if we don't take a love offering, you're not going to get paid. I said, Well, that's fine. I don't need to be paid. So uh, I quit taking offerings. I quit soliciting money. And I just learned from my pastor that if God's in it, God will pay for it. Just keep your mouth shut and do your job and let let the Lord handle the details. Interesting. That's good. That's good. One of the things, too, that folks will find on the site that I think also uh, obviously comes through on the radio program itself, but you have a number of tabs, including a Q&A section, which answers some fundamental questions that people may be asking, which I think is really important. Uh, and to never assume people know all the answers to these questions. There are people constantly seeking answers to, will God save even me? Or how do I become saved? And things like that. The biggest question I find and the biggest misunderstanding in the Christian life is people don't understand God. And in, in Jeremiah, God said, I'm looking for people that not only know me, but understand me. And I find that there are a lot of believers that know God, but they don't understand the God they know. And by that, I mean God operates on protocol. A right thing has to be done in the right way. If you do a right thing in the wrong way, it's still wrong. And to give you an illustration, is it right to pray? Sure, absolutely. Is there a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray? Yes, So the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
So if I'm trying to pray to God and ask him to do something and I have unconfessed sin in my life, that prayer is not going any higher than the ceiling because the Holy Spirit is quenched in my life. Hmm. And so this is when it starts. People just do not understand how the Christian life operates, in my opinion, the people that I talk to much of the time. And it's more like uh, the nod to God crowd, you know, hello, God, goodbye, God, see you next week, God. <laughs> yeah. Religion gets to be more ritual without any reality to it if they don't understand the process. The, there's a process that God expects us to go through from being baby Christians to being adult Christians, mature Christians, and giving God maximum glorification. And you have to grow up spiritually. You know that. Yeah, you understand that. Yeah. And the, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 5 said, I, I've been... I'd like to talk to you like adults in Hebrews 5, 11 through 16, but I can't. You're still babies. You still got to have a bottle. You can't eat a steak. And that's what happens a lot of times. People fall into the ritual with no reality, and they don't grow. They don't grow spiritually. They don't understand the problem-solving devices found in the Bible or exactly how to live the Christian life. So it just winds up being some kind of worship mix-match mix, mix or something like that 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 really makes sense to anybody, you know? There's a, there's a verse I read recently that kind of goes along with what you're saying in Colossians chapter 4. I think it's verse 12. It says, uh, Epaphras or whatever, he, he's one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends his greetings, and then says, He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. And I love that verse. I read it uh, really for the first time the other day in the sense like it never jumped to me that way. Because you do want to be mature, as you were just saying, but fully assured, I think, also speaks to the fact that sometimes, you know, it's a process and we and, and all the will of God. So it's, it, it's all encompassing and we just we need him uh, to grow into that maturity while and while we're struggling and not sure of things, he's going to help us get. To, that's the goal is to be mature and fully assured. So, um, yeah, I love that about that. That's what you want to do with the ministry and have been. That's exactly why God gave well-qualified pastors, so that if you read Ephesians chapter 4, you'll see that he should be joined together and grow to maturity. You grow to maturity so that you're a well-qualified pastor who can explain it to you. And then you have to do what we call learn, apply, and glorify, lag, L-A-G. I don't know if you remember this, but Jesus was speaking in Luke 11, 27, when a woman interrupted him and started to make an issue out of motherhood. And he said, no, you're wrong. He said, happiness belongs to those people who hear my Father's word and keep it. So learn it, apply it, and you glorify God. But you can't apply what you don't learn. And learning is not easy. That's why the Bible says, study and show yourself approved unto God at work, but that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you can rightly divide it, you can wrongly divide it. You know that. <laughs> yeah. I try to get people that are believers, that are hungry to grow, and I try to direct them into the place of a well-qualified pastor where they can sit down, study, and learn, and apply the Word of God in their life and grow to be mature believers. That's my objective. That's great stuff. If you're just tuning in, we chat with Evangelist Rick Hughes. The program that he does on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, Sunday mornings at 830. It's called The Flot Line. And we've talked about it a little bit back and kind of in and around it, too, what it's about. But I'm just curious, uh, the creation of it, what led to putting having the very first radio show and your goal for the program itself folks haven't heard it yet what do they encounter when they do tune in well the show started because i'm a bass fisherman i love to bass fish but i hadn't been able to do much lately with this parkinson coming on me but uh 
I was uh, being provided a boat by Bass Pro Shops, a, a demo boat. Hmm. And they wanted me to, you know, let my friends see and fish out of it and kind of get them some publicity. And so the head of the Bass Pro Shop in my particular city, Birmingham, wanted me to make a commercial. And so I went to the radio station in Birmingham. I think it was an iHeart station and did a commercial about Bass Pro Shop having a summer clothes-out clearance sale. Tahoe, <laughs> Nitro, blah, 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 blah. And the guy said, you got a pretty good voice. You could be on the radio. And I thought, well, I never thought about that. And so uh, I decided to do a radio show in the Birmingham area with this particular radio station. And when I did that, one of my friends happened to be in town, and, and he asked me the question. He said, how do you know God wants you to do this? I said, well, one of the ways I know is if God's in it, he'll pay for it. And the guy said, well, I'm going to write you a check to pay for the first year right here now. And that's <laughs> how I started. Wow. I would go to other cities and record in their studios. I would go to Jackson, Mississippi and record there. I would go to Birmingham and record there. I'd go to some other city and record there. Eventually, we built our own recording studio at my offices. And now we record and upload, you know, through the Internet and, and have the, the same guy that said I needed to be on the radio works with me today. His name is Jack Steele out of Birmingham. And uh, he distributes all those shows to all 115 stations every, every Sunday morning. That's amazing. That's how it got started. It's That's crazy. amazing. And here yeah, you are. Brought... Huh? Yeah, and here you are today still serving him, but it, the Lord keeps growing it. Yeah, we're 78 years old today and uh, still pushing along and wow. no different emphasis, not traveling like I used to. But actually, to tell you the truth, I'm reaching more people today than I ever reached when I was going to schools because... You know, I may be speaking to a, and they, by the way, these were not public schools in later years. They were all private schools. I, the public schools shut me out because I talked about God, you know, they wouldn't let you do that. Yeah. So there's a large group of private schools all across the South that I was able to get involved with called the Mid-South Independent School Association. Yeah. And some schools would have 500 kids and some schools would have 300 kids. And that's grades 7 through 12. So we'd go there for a week. And, but now by speaking in major cities like Houston, San Diego, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, San Antonio. We have the opportunity to talk to millions of people every Sunday. I don't know how many actually listen, no way to know that, but the outreach is much greater now than ever than what I ever expected. And just the concept of mailing out this material and all this stuff that we offer free, we just we keep printing books and printing books and printing books and printing books, mailing books, mailing books, mailing books, mailing, books, mailing stuff. And uh, the Lord's proof, he provides all of it. And what a joy it is to do it, I promise you. Is it called Christian Problem Solving, the newest book, or one of the newest ones? Is that right? Yeah, that's our newer book. That that lists all 10 problem-solving devices. Yes, it does. Okay. Christian Problem Solving. A bit of your testimony, I think, is in there, and you shared some of that earlier on. And I, I'm just um, I'm thinking that it might help listeners to—I don't know— a lot of, I've been in radio for 30-something years, and I've interviewed a lot of people, and it never gets lost on me the fact that, you know, you share growing up in a single-parent home, athletics was key in kind of helping you get through some of the challenges you had, and and how God uh, often, like, puts one person in your life here, another person over there, and just, I say this for the audience listening to be encouraged, be that person, be willing 
to speak, take someone to a Bible study, invite them to church. And you d- you don't know how the whole thing comes together, but when you look at where you were and how God's used your life now, it's really something to think about, well, but early on, there were a lot of people involved that God placed in your life, and you had to also submit your heart. Do you ever sit back and think about some of that path uh, and how how tender God is to and, and gracious to provide these people? And, and I don't want to say how much hinged on those things, but still, it's important. You know, to every person in front of you matters to to love the person in front of you. I think it's called a divine intervention in my part. Yeah, and Paul sort of had that on the road to Damascus. Remember, he had the divine intervention from the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him. I didn't have anything like that, but I mean, I was not interested in God at all. I had not thought about God at all. That was not in my mindset. Hmm. And I had gone to a shopping center to buy some clothes and ran into an old high school cheerleader that I never dated. So I started trying to put the move on her, you know, and (laughs) she said, yeah, I'll go out with you if you'll go to church. And I'm thinking, okay, I've never been to church, but if that's what it takes, I'll do it. And I didn't get much out of church because I was psyched out, but it was after church where I heard the gospel and and I had no idea what was happening to me. I I didn't have a clue. I just knew that I didn't want to go to hell and I knew that I was miserable because I had blown so many opportunities. And uh, after accepting Christ that night at that Bible study, when I went back to my apartment, it was the first time in my life in a long time that I went to sleep having peace with God. And uh, but nobody in my family were, you know, church going people. No, my mother wasn't. My grandparents weren't. I didn't know my real father. I never met him ever in my life, so I don't have a clue anything about him. But anyhow, that's how God does a divine intervention, and I didn't have any idea that He had specifically had a task for me to do. But uh, it appears that it has been that way, and what a joy it's been! My goodness, alive. Amen. Amen. Evangelist Rick Hughes, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show. The Flotline is the radio program on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, Sunday mornings at 930. org for more info on all the stuff we've been talking about. And maybe we can kind of wrap up our chat, uh, Kind of, I believe this is on your site, about the radio show, which says the Flotline radio show is 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, but never any manipulation, which we talked about earlier. FLOT is an acronym for Forward Line of Troops. Rick teaches principles from the Bible focusing on God's 10 unique problem-solving devices designed to act as a main line of resistance in your soul, a FLOT line, preventing the outside sources of adversity from becoming the inside pressure of stress in your soul. The intent is to give information to help you identify the plan of God for your life. And I thought maybe you could elaborate for a second, if you wouldn't mind, which I think is a very concise way of saying, you know, so I think you say adversity is inevitable, stress is optional. Because I think yeah. it's easy for people to just think stress is inevitable also, and how do you cope with it? Well, adversity uh, is what circumstances do to you, and stress is what you do to yourself. And the Christian life is a life of no stress, which means no worry, no fear, no anxiety, no bitterness, no self-pity. That's not the Christian life. Those sort of things are mental attitude sins in the Bible. And a lot of people don't realize they're sinning when they worry. They don't think about that as being sin. But mental attitude sins are where a lot of our sins occur, especially as people get older and, you know, they don't follow the lust patterns of their flesh like they did when they were younger. Yeah. So there are three sins, sins of the, you know, of the mind, sins of the tongue, things we say like gossip, slander, maligning, criticizing, backbiting, lying. And then the overt sins are the lust patterns of the soul. 
So, yeah, I mean, if you understand how mental attitude sins can sidetrack you real easy. So if you want to grow, if you want to hear well done, my good and faithful servant, you better get with it and learn what you're supposed to do because a lot of people are going to show up in heaven and I think the Lord's going to say, have a seat and we'll get to you in a few thousand years. (laughs) Well, the adversity, I think, and it's key to, I think sometimes if you don't stop long enough, you may, things get mixed, but the way you lay it out is adversity is inevitable because, and and, and just circumstantially, something might happen to you, your house burns down, someone steals stuff out of your house or whatever, or you might do something to yourself. You may create adversity, but then it's, it's that now what reaction to that, that the stress part, I'm so stressed. You'll hear that very easily say, well, wait a minute breathe for a second and think, well, how does God want me to react to any of these things? And that's where I think that it was, it's helpful to think of it the way you present it to separate the two. Cause if you're not, if you're not careful, you'll mix them up and think they're one and the same. So well, what we do, is we highlight the faith rest drill, faith rest drill. You remember Moses came out of Egypt and the Pharaoh was chasing them and they got up against the Red Sea and Moses said, stand still and watch what God's about to do. And faith rests is when we stand on one of those 7,000 promises God has given us, and we have a relaxed mental attitude. We don't worry. We're not afraid. We just turn it over to the Lord. Matthew 6 tells you about that. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Just, you know, if the Lord takes care of the bird, he'll take care of you. So using the faith rest drill is the way we overcome this adversity and these circumstances in our life. Amen. How can people pray for you? Well, I would love to have the opportunity people would pray for me for God to continue to open the doors, for us to continue to be able to present our ministry through the radio shows and the publications we provide, and pray for me to have wisdom and and what I'm supposed to teach and what I'm supposed to say. And, uh, of course, I'm married, my wife, Lydia, and myself and our four children. Our children are all grown now and all scattered. One's in New York, one's in California, one's in New Jersey, and one lives here. So Wow. They're everywhere. But uh, we appreciate any prayer that the Lord directs you to do, and we're very honored if you would pray for us. the greatest gift someone could give me. Sometimes people will send a contribution, and, and sometimes it may be a large contribution, but I'll write back and say, thank you, but the greatest gift you could ever give me is your your, your faithful prayer support. That sounds great. Well, Lord, I pray right now for, for evangelist Rick Hughes, who has been on a guest on a program for your blessing and the things he's asked for, wisdom for what to say, what not to say, for also the, the ministry and uh, for your continued growth of it and uh, on the radio and elsewhere, uh, for health too, for strength in his marriage and with his children. May their relationships continue to be strong and grow and be sweet. And may uh, he continue to living for you and encourage others to do the same. In the name of Christ, we thank you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for taking time today. Well, I'm honored that you would call me in. Thank for, you so much. For sure. Have a great rest of your day. All right. Adios, my friend. Bye-bye. It's Evangelist Rick Hughes from the Flotline Radio Program. Again, you can catch it on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, Sunday mornings at 830. You can also find out more about the ministry, rickhughesministries.org. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for tuning in to The Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. Wrapping up The Tim DeMoss Show today, thank you to Rob Motti, 
Associated Press senior football writer based in Tampa Bay, formerly from the greater Philadelphia area. Called in uh, to talk about last night's game. Eagles won, of course, uh, Monday Night Football. Also talked about Rob's faith on the field radio show. You can follow him at Rob Motti on X, formerly Twitter, and his last name spelled M-A-A-D-D-I. Also, thank you to Evangelist Rick Hughes. Speaking of football, by the way, he once played for the great Bear Bryant at Alabama, played uh, with Joe Namath, and uh, he's host of the Flotline radio program on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer. More info on his ministry, rickhughesministries.org. You can go to our site, too, wfil.com, and uh, 990theanswer uh, is also our sister station. You can find us about the different programs there. So that's that. And our last thing, just a thank you to Carrie and Warminster, Dawn and Morton, PA, Salvatore and Deer Park, Washington, Linda and Camden, New Jersey, among those who have helped out in our partnership with Voice of the Martyrs. One Bible, $6, 75 listeners have helped out so far, which is great. Looking to get to 120 by Saturday night when the month ends. You want to step up and help out? 800-998-3505. 800-998-3505. Or click the Voice of the Martyrs banner on our homepage. We can see the scoreboard and how progress is coming at WFIL.com. Alistair Begg, Truth for Life, next. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.